What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, aka BTZ. I'm your host, doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. And today, this episode, we are recording to you remotely from Redmond, Washington. That's because, in case you didn't know, I have the really cool opportunity to be one of four live anchors for CES 2021. So I haven't traveled this entire year. Yeah, it freaked me out, but I just covered up big time and uh, jumped on a plane to Redmond, Washington. We're shooting this out of Microsoft Studio. So it's an all-digital event. I'm lucky enough to be uh, co-hosting with Naomi Kyle and then Justine Zarek and Rich Demiro. They're going to be also co-hosting. We're splitting up the days kind of like in two teams throughout the coverage because it's all day long. So that's why I'm recording this remotely and then also You're hearing this directly from the mics on a MacBook Pro 13-inch M1. And so this is kind of fun because, yeah, it doesn't sound like my controlled environment at home in my studio, but this shows you just the level and quality of audio. You can still just get directly from your computer. And that's also kind of a, a great example of how you and anyone can create content and create really great content just with what you got. So... We're here. CES is from January the 11th to the 14th. So I hope you check it out. Just go to ces.tech. Media Day will be kind of locked behind paying members that want to access that stuff. That is the 11th. But then the 12th through the 14th, it will open up to the public. So you guys can check out all the, you know, the announcements and the sessions, everything. It's going to be really cool. So happy to be here all the way from Redmond, Washington. Now, we also know CES is kind of the hub of innovation. And we cannot ignore one of the biggest innovations that happened just a few days ago because on January the 9th, the Apple iPhone was born. This is the 14th anniversary of the original iPhone. How crazy is that to think how that thing revolutionized and changed everything? I remember being there for the keynote. I happened to be working for a company I got to see the keynote in person. I've talked about this a couple times on the show. And so it, it is really amazing how the iPhone transformed the entire industry and how obviously the smartphone is our number one device. I mean, it is a, it's a computer in our pocket. And uh, the world would be really, I don't, I don't know how different it would be, but I would argue that significant jump would have taken a longer time to get there. Maybe the phone's are still really advanced, but maybe they aren't as advanced if that iPhone doesn't release in 2007. You might debate that, but who knows? Okay, before we get to business and the stories of the show, we gotta take care of some other business. This show is all about you all. I've been telling you, hey, we're gonna take a breather from taking calls. It's time to get it ramped up again. Call in, just send in an email, record a voice memo, send it out to applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z, your name where you're from, what do you want to talk about? What are you looking forward to this year? 2021 is going to be a big year. That's how you participate and be a part of the show. And it really just adds so much flavor to this show. Also, this podcast is supported by you. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support me. I'm so grateful for all of your amazing support, even through this pandemic time. It starts at $2 per month, goes up to five, 10, 25, the $100 platinum level. But this gives you early access to my content. Uh, there's bonus awards at different levels, and then there's a completely, completely ad-free version of this podcast every week by being a part of this, as well as we're going to be doing 
my exclusive monthly Zoom call where we just hang out for an hour. It's really fun. It's, a, it's as organic and just kind of laid back talking to fellow Patreon supporters. It's just a way that I can connect with you all. So patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support this. And I'm so, so grateful for it. All right, let's get to the show. And because it's CES, we know that cars are such a big thing. Well, there's been a lot of buzz and a lot of talk about specifically, yes, the Apple car rumors are alive and well. Now, the latest story, and we'll kind of go back to a little bit of history of how this sparked up over the past week. The latest story, according to Korea's IT News, Apple and Hyundai will reach a partnership agreement for the upcoming Apple car by March. That is according to their report that was shared by Reuters. Now, we know if you had kind of heard what had happened earlier, I I believe about a week ago, basically, Hyundai came out and said that, hey, uh, we're in discussions um, with Apple and a variety of global automakers, and everyone freaked out. This they kind of volunteered this information. And so at that time, I remember reading Hyundai's stock jumped up like 20% because everyone's like, oh my gosh, Hyundai is working with Apple. And um, yeah, that's going to do it. Well, then later on, they're like, okay, okay, hold on. Um, maybe, maybe we kind of tempered this and, and got ahead of ourselves. Then Hyundai changed their statement to say, hey, we've been receiving requests for a potential cooperation from various companies regarding the development of autonomous EVs. No discussions have been made as discussions are in early stage. So they first came out strong saying that, and officially on the record, confirmed to CNBC that Hyundai was in discussions with Apple. Of course, Apple didn't say this. Hyundai is the one that said this. And then when I heard the news, people were starting to throw out reports like, oh, the Apple car is coming in 2022, 2023. I'm like, no, it's not. That is way too early. So Bloomberg then followed up with a report saying that, okay, this thing is not going to be ready for at least half a decade. So that we're talking about 2025 because Apple internally, they've been struggling with their vision and their plan with an Apple car. At first there were rumblings, I got to say maybe at least, feels like four, four or five years ago that Apple car rumors were coming up, especially once Tesla started really expanding and growing. Everyone's saying, why doesn't Apple make their own car? Apple's been testing out their own systems. There was a debate internally whether they would go in the car direction or whether they would go with a car system to then license out. So even internally, their vision has not been clear. It's evolved over time. We don't exactly know where it is. Hyundai coming out and saying, hey, we're working with Apple. This is the first time that we've really heard any type of, I guess you could call it concrete news or any news period that wasn't just completely rumor speculation because this comes from Hyundai that they're in negotiations. So now after this, the Korea IT Times says that they will reach a partnership to manufacture the potential first version of the Apple car. The report says that a beta version of the Apple car could be released in 2022. Now, when they say beta, I've got to expect that they're talking about internally, not not like a public. We don't have a public beta car. At least up to my knowledge, I haven't seen one. Uh, the report says that the companies may even manufacture their, their electric vehicles at their Georgia factory that's owned by Kia Motors. That is a Hyundai Motor, Motor Group affiliate. So what do you all think? 
here, here's how I look at it. Tesla is obviously kind of the model to follow. Sure, you might have a little better, whenever this thing comes out, some better integration with the Apple car, let's say, you know, right now, currently, even with Hyundai, you have to use an Android app to get access to the API to unlock your car. And Apple, I believe in iOS 14 was going to open that up to more manufacturers. You see them working with BMW to do that. Um, But maybe they kind of scale back on that partnership just to make it so that in the future, an Apple iPhone or Apple Watch is the only device that works seamlessly to unlock your car. You know, CarPlay is CarPlay. It's pretty well integrated. It's a clean system. It it definitely performs better and looks better on modern cars. There's a, there's a lot of things they need to do to improve it. But when I look at the landscape, think about this. Okay, everyone's saying, Apple car. I don't know whether you want one. I It honestly... I'm not super excited about an Apple car. And the reason being is, let's say Apple releases a, a new Apple car in 2025. I'm going to tell you right now, can you only imagine what current car manufacturers, and then you think about what Tesla is going to be like in five years, That's a, they're going to be significantly ahead of whatever Apple puts out in five years. I, it would be hard for me to imagine with all the data the technology invested and the information and research that companies like Tesla have that an Apple car is going to be able to just right out of the gates completely make a huge dent in the market. I'm talking about specifically with an Apple car. People listening might say, never doubt Apple, Brian, don't. You know, you can never, you never know what to expect from Apple. A car is totally different to me than a phone purchase. You know, there's a track record that needs to be established. It wasn't like Tesla overnight became a sensation. This took years for them to build on and build on. Apple is a different beast. They're a marketing machine. But this kind of more reminds me, and not exactly, but but the HomePod and the smart home market, which had basically a good three to four years before Apple really kind of took it seriously. And by the time Apple came into that market, which is now this year, or arguably the end of 2020, you have Amazon Alexa, you have Google Assistant, and you have even Sonos that are clearly the major players in this market. And Apple tried to scoot their way in there. The HomePod Mini, $99. We'll, we'll see what the data shows, I guess, after the first three months um, of 2021. But I, I still doubt that it moves that needle that significantly. And so if you think about Apple, the car company, I just don't see them all of a sudden disrupting the car market because Tesla was really like the Apple of cars. I'm curious to hear what you all think about that. Remember, be a part of the show. Call in, record a voice memo, applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. I'd really love to hear what you guys and gals are thinking about an Apple car. Are you excited about it? Does it appeal to you? Or are you kind of like, I'm a little, my expectations are very tempered. I, I don't think this is going to be as easy as everyone thinks. The car market is a different beast. And again, yes, it is Apple. We know what Apple is capable of. But I already know what the Apple car is for me. It's a Tesla. Uh, can they really significantly top what Tesla has in store 
in five more years as their entry-level car. Now, I personally don't own a Tesla. My lady is the one with a Tesla, not me. So it's not mine, you know, but it's an amazing experience. And even if you throw all the Apple bells and whistles, it's going to be hard to top that experience. And I think a lot of Tesla owners would say the same if, if they're so fortunate enough. So I'd love to hear your perspective, whether you own a Tesla or not. I think this is a really intriguing thing. And again, this car is not coming out in two years, guys, two or three years. I, I completely agree with Bloomberg's assessment that it's going to be at least half a decade before they have something that comes to the market. So CES, we're going to see a lot of stuff in car innovation. I mean, there's a lot of companies that are really leveling up their game. I don't know if you saw this, but go look it up on the internet. Mercedes-Benz has this new, it's not even a concept. It'll be a new 56-inch, 100% touchscreen, I guess you could say dashboard or interface that extends across the entire car for their EQS sedan or their EQ sedan. It looks amazing. Obviously, we won't be able to get hands on it, but these are the types of things other companies are doing right now uh, because of how Tesla has pushed them, how Tesla has be, kind of become the disruptor in that market. And now you see a lot of companies reacting to that. I, I did a CES 2021 preview. And so I'm excited to see the car innovation. I love CES. I've said it before that, you know, I always try and teleport myself or transport my brain back in time and remember that I would have done anything when I was this junior high, high school kid to go to CES. And so just to be a part of it, even if it's all digital today, is amazing. Like young little skinny Brian would be like, damn, that is cool. And so that's kind of how I always approach all this tech stuff and all these cool opportunities that I get to do because this is the stuff that I really did daydream about as a kid. And, you know, being able to talk to you and you all being able to support me and help me out in this journey. I mean, I, I cannot say enough, but thank you. So CES 2021, January 11th to the 14th, check it out and we'll see what car companies do. And maybe look, Apple's paying attention to what car companies do. Apple sends representatives out to CES every year to see what other companies are doing. Uh, obviously they see what other companies are doing like tile and then they do their own take on it slash steal the idea. So I'm excited to see all the cool stuff that we that we may see at the show. Okay, the next kind of really big step with Apple is spring, right? The first three months, March, April is always another product release in their roadmap, and we're pretty much looking at for them to follow the same pattern with the with a new iPad Pro. But the latest report coming out from blog Mako Takara, based out of Japan, and they've done a lot of reports over the years, and. Their track record is good enough where we'll mention when they kind of put these rumors out, but they are claiming that new AirPods Pro, so we're talking about the second generation of AirPods Pro, and a new iPhone SE are rumored to launch in April of 2021. Now, we've heard a lot of news about how Apple was trying to maybe reduce the size of the stems on the AirPods Pro or make them smaller. The report from Mako Takara claims that the AirPods Pro will come with a slightly redesigned charging case. It will remain 21 millimeters thick. It'll have a height of 46 millimeters. That is compared to a height of 45.2 millimeters from the current AirPods Pro. And then a slightly slimmer width of 54 millimeters compared to the 60.6 millimeters of the current AirPods Pro. So a slightly smaller case that's slightly more narrow doesn't mean that they're actually completely getting rid of the stems or a little bit of the stems. 
that will be remain to be seen. But also the other thing that they throw out here is that we could see a new, what they call third generation iPhone SE. Now there have been from day one rumors that we might see a larger kind of, I guess you'd say a plus size version or variant of the iPhone SE. Currently the iPhone SE is 4.7 inches and this larger version would be somewhere between the 5.5 or 6.1 inch display. That is been rumored before to be launched in the second half of 2021. Mako Takara is saying that the third generation iPhone SE, which could mean a larger version alongside of a 4.7 inch version with the faster processors coming. Again, this is all still unclear, but at least this report is targeting new AirPods Pro by April and iPhone SE third generation by April. We will see. That also follows the timetable, at least the S, the new SE that came out in 2020 was released in April of 2020. So that would line up. Now I want to tell you, you know, I there's times where I'm jealous of China. There's times where I'm definitely not jealous of China. But Apple is launching a special Year of the Ox themed AirPods Pro in China for Chinese New Year. So what this is is it actually has, you should look this up. They're super cool if you don't have AirPods Pro already. It is still the regular AirPods Pro case, but on it, it has this engraving, a special engraving, and it looks basically like the ox emoji, but then there's a baby ox kind of for the new year popping out of its head. So it's like a large ox with a baby ox on top. This logo is engraved on the AirPods Pro specifically, and then even the box has that design logo on the side of it. So this is part of, you know, Chinese New Year. It's part of their Chinese New Year gift guide, but they're getting an exclusive Year of the Ox AirPods Pro. It looks so sick. And because you can't see it, you know, I'm not going to dwell on it too much, but that's really fun when you're talking about AirPods Pro. I did earlier allude and talk about a new iPad Pro, and we all of our sites are set on something happening in that March-April timeline. Well, the latest report, again, from Mako Takara is now saying, at least specifically to the iPad Pro, that we should be seeing a new updated 11-inch and an updated 12.9-inch iPad Pro that would be arriving sometime in March. Now, the overall design will look exactly the same. I don't think they needed to do a thing with the iPad Pro right now. And also, you kind of have this harmony with the iPhone 12 lineup that the form factors really match and look the same. I mean, it, it's as clean, still has kind of an industrial, modern feel to it. I love it. I love the design. You know how big of a fan I've, I am of the iPad Pro. Now, the report says, though, that the 12.9-inch model will be about 0.5 millimeters thicker than the current model. And this change could be pointing directly to the long-rumored mini-LED display. That would bring better display performance compared to the current traditional LCD design. They also say, though, that the 11-inch model will apparently remain exactly the same as the current model. So the thinking is that it will only be the 12.9-inch model that gets that mini LED display boost. Obviously, we expect to see a new processor on them. Another difference here is that the report says the rear cameras are going to be expected to protrude less than the current models. So the, the camera bump will be there, but that extra protrusion from the lenses will no longer be there. So leaving at least that camera bump flat not having a camera bump and then lens bumps. And then finally, they're also reporting that 
there will be a subtle change in the design of the speakers where the overall number of speaker holes on the sides will be reduced by two thirds and they're gonna kind of reposition the speaker hole, the speaker holes uh, compared to the current models. You know, for me, I already kind of talked about it. I just wanna see more innovation from a standpoint of the iPad Pro is really from a hardware standpoint, is fine. I just really need to start seeing software that now fully takes advantage of this. I kid you not, I've been touting this since I believe the first iPad Pro came out in like 2015. I love this device. I love the 12.9-inch device. I just want to be able to do actually more with it. Um, I did take my 12.9-inch iPad Pro with me on this trip, and then I used the uh, keyboard case. And it's nice. I mean, there hasn't been a lot of moments where I've had to, so it's nice. It's still heavier, a lot heavier. Um, but, you know, let's let's bring some more. Let's Let's amp up the level of those apps. My hope is that 2021, we at least see one pro level app hopefully final cut pro on on an ipad pro you know with that we also always have to have a little bit of you know sprinkle in a little iphone 13 rumors in here really quickly we'll touch on this but samsung is expected to be the exclusive supplier of the new displays the new oled displays for the pro models of apple's iphone 13 lineup later this year that's according to website the elec now this is going to be adopting ltpo display technology and that's going to allow these displays to finally have what do you think i'm going to say 120 hertz refresh rate on those higher end next gen iphones so that's according to the report i've talked about it too like 120 hertz is nice but no one everyone was freaking out about it and i love it on an ipad pro but I will tell you on an iPhone, it will be nice, but not necessary. I think you really feel it and see it more on a larger screen. Even Apple's 60 hertz refresh rate is still pretty smooth. This is not a game changer, but it's something that people are calling for and kind of, I don't want to say complaining about, but clearly there's plenty of other phones in the market that have it. This is a Samsung produced display. So the thing is that 120 hertz will finally after being rumored for so long to be on the 12 iPhone 12 model, will finally come to the iPhone 13 models. We'll see. I think it's going to, but I don't, again, no one's going to say, oh my God, thank you so much for 120 hertz. This changes the entire experience of my phone because I don't, it, it did not deter people from buying it at all. What might be something that could deter you from buying an Apple product? How about condensation in the ear cups of the AirPods Max. Now, before we get into this, this is, I, I, there's no indication this is a huge widespread issue, but like a lot of things, when a problem arises and you start hearing it, every, I've been getting a lot of messages on tweets like, oh my gosh, I heard about the condensation on the AirPods Max. I don't want to get them. I'm not going to get them. I see them in the comments of my review um, because at the time, it was not an issue. It has not, for the record, been an issue for me. Um, I will monitor it more closely, but some complaints on forums, and they are growing, but again, I haven't experienced it yet, is that some of AirPods Max owners are running into problems with condensation where they use their headphones for maybe around an hour or two, and then if they pull the ear cups off, they'll notice that there's condensation forming inside the ear cup. 
Now, yes, condensation and electronics are not good. Um, there's pictures of the evidence. According to the reports, it seems to happen regardless of temperature. Like someone said, oh, I was running outside for an hour. And okay, guess what? You probably had sweaty ears and that built up there and it might have been cold outside as well. I don't know who in God's name, I shouldn't even say that, but who, who runs with AirPods Max, first of all? Those cans are heavy. To be honest with you, I didn't even bring my AirPods Max on my trip to Redmond, Washington because they're so heavy. And also, I still don't have a legitimate case for them. I left them at home, and I brought, guess, guess which headphones I brought? The Bose QC35Ts because they are the lightest, most comfortable noise-canceling headphones that I still have to this date. They are so light. That, that means something. And the audio quality is good. It's not the greatest as if you listen to my audio comparison test, but it's still good. And it is funny. You don't realize how good other headphones are until you put them side by side, but they're more than good enough. I'm actually recording this podcast using the Bose QC35Ts, which I believe might be around three or four years old. And I do have Bose 700s, but I don't like how they feel. I do have XM4s. I do have AirPods Max, and I've collected these over time for review. I'm not like, that's why I was able to compare them. But this condensation, one user said, oh, it affected the active noise cancellation. Pretty much everyone said that has been an issue, but it is a concern. Even other people that have been chiming in and say, hey, I get condensation on my Sony XM3s. I've had them for a long time. It's not a big deal. Sometimes your ears are going to sweat and there will be some condensation. They're saying that, hey, it's pretty common for this type of headphones. But I think a lot of people that have never that when have never invested in expensive over the ear headphones, when they hear five hundred fifty dollars and they're exploring AirPods Max for the first time, which is a whole lot of money, they're probably going to be a lot more hesitant. I've seen a lot of you say, "Uh, I'm going to wait for the second generation. I don't even want to play around with that." So this is going to have to be something that Apple addresses in one way, shape, or form. Uh, I don't know. I think that. To me, the condensation more likely comes from how you sweat, how your ears heat up your body. Like I think it's going to be different from user to user because, right, just like how someone has sweaty hands or sweaty palms by nature, that that's they they complain that oh, Touch ID doesn't work as well. Well, so that that comes down to user. I, I would actually wonder if there is a link between the sweaty hands person and AirPods Max condensation. Because I, I, I'm just throwing this out there. Maybe that type of body type is, is experiencing these issues. It's not everyone, but yeah, it can affect you. So maybe you guys and gals have more knowledge about this whole condensation earphones thing. I, again, I have not experienced it yet. I checked on my AirPods Max. I was editing a video before I came out here just to see if it was an issue, but it didn't affect me. And then this is going to be a shorter show because I am remote. Um, there isn't as much big stuff happening because, right, we're kind of in that transitional point in time where typically January to March gets a little slow until Apple starts releasing new products. But, you know, we get a whole lot of rumors. Well, here's a new one from Loop Ventures analysts. They claim that Apple could announce new services such as Podcast Plus, Stocks Plus, and Mail Plus, according to, again, Loop Ventures analysts. So, we know how important that Apple subscription services are 
to their business model. They've reached their goal. I think when Tim Cook said, we want to double our revenue from services by 2020. And they, they did that by more than that. We got Apple Music, 85 million paid subscribers in just five years. Really, that's a success story of how Apple, again, has such power in their ecosystem. Spotify has more than that. There are 144 million paid subscribers. But again, Apple, more upstart, right? Not the incumbent, 85 million paid subscribers. I still have not signed up for Apple Music. Um, I, I'm getting close to maybe giving the bundle a shot just because even though I do use the Peloton stuff, I actually enjoy Apple Fitness. And I'm just kind of thinking maybe Apple Fitness, maybe I should give News Plus a shot. And then also... Apple Music Plus, like kind of just experience that whole ecosystem thing. But then I always kind of get a little afraid. Like, I don't want to completely tie myself into it because I want to experience other services, quite honestly. If, if I literally am 100% Apple, I think that limits how I see things. And because I'm a Spotify person, I think it just helps keep my mind a little open in general, if you know what I mean. So Loop Ventures is speculating that there's more room for these services so that Apple can, you know, increase their service revenue, which is really important, especially now. So for example, think about this podcast plus, maybe they could add an existing tier to their podcast app. There have been rumors that Apple was looking to acquire or develop exclusive podcast premium shows. Maybe one like the Apple Bits XL could be on their roster. I, I'm kidding. I have no, hey, if they holler at me, I'm just say I would have to tell them I got to keep it real with you all. But if you want me to jump on board, Let's talk. So Podcast Plus, though, it would be interesting because you have services like Spotify who've now been acquiring exclusive rights to specific shows to draw, drive people to their platform. You've got Amazon who just recently purchased uh, the podcast network Wondery. So they're looking to get into this business. It, it only makes sense from a competition standpoint that Apple, if they're going to make any new additional services, that Podcast Plus would probably be the lowest hanging fruit and easiest one to start building something. And they reports have already said they've been looking at this for probably about a year or so. So I'm sure there's already partners they've talked to and the seeds have already been planted for what they could do. So maybe they make that part of Apple One to kind of, again, encourage someone like me, hey, here's another service to do. Why don't you jump on that? The speculation of Stocks Plus We'll see how that plays out. I don't think they're going to be getting into the, uh, you know, E-Trade, Robinhood business anytime, but maybe it could offer, you know, so maybe they could partner with another app and then use that integration, much like they've pretty much bought out Shazam and now started integrating some of those features into Siri. That's a way that they could use Stocks Plus. And then Mail Plus, I don't... I'm okay with the mail. I know there's other mail apps that people use. Okay, better management and scheduling. I mean, that's just go go get a third-party app to do that. There's plenty of people that use other third-party apps. But the thing is that is there revenue to be made here with Apple services? I think absolutely it can be. There can be. So we'll see what happens with that. But I think it could. It would not surprise me by the end of 2021 if Apple adds a few additional services to that docket just to make it even a beefier service which then makes it harder and harder for me to just say, eh, I'm good. Like it makes me look at it more and more seriously. And 
So many of you have told me, Brian, you need to show Apple TV Plus more love. And I said like, hey, during this break, I'll show it more love. And I, I kid you not, I was, my brain, I was pretty fried after that AirPods Max review because I, I think I basically worked like four or five days straight, staying up till four or 5 a.m. just to make that 54-minute review. And I was like, what am I doing? And there was a point where I said, the only reason I was doing it is because I got caught up in it and I loved it. I'm like, this is going to be pretty badass. I just hope someone watches this all the way through. And plenty of you have told me you have because we compared all the different headphones. I mean, it was the most ambitious review I ever did, but I literally needed to like stop looking at screens after that for a few days. It was, it was, it was like my brain was fried, but I was only able to do that because of people like you that support my content and at least give me a little bit of padding to like spend those extra days to make a review like that. It was wild. It was fun though, but I just needed to breathe a little. I think, I hope that you all at least get a chance. Man, if you could shut down your electronics for two days and just, it frees your brain so much. It was like, I'm not saying I was getting sober off of tech, but I was getting sober off of tech. So that's kind of the main stories that have been dropping over the past week. I know that this podcast is just a little later than normal. Some of you are like, oh, I, I'm listening to it on my normal routine, but I've been traveling a lot. We're doing a lot of preparation here in Redmond, Washington for CES 2021. The next episode, I will be back um, home in Southern California, so I'll be using all my equipment. So there you go, CES 2021, really just a tech event like no other. It is the Tech Super Bowl. And it also gives us indicators of where the industry is moving. And also, you'll see hooks that we see t here and where Apple may jump on board. And it dictates some of how they, some of the ways that they approach the future of their products as well. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for hanging out with me. Thanks so much for continuing to support this show. Big shout out and thank you to our Platinum Apples at the $100 level. Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Freighter, Jarrett Lewis, Eric Conan, and Atari Koenigsegg. Thank you so much for your support. And thank you to all of you for continuing to support this journey and just allow me to do this. Man, I can, I, every time I take a moment to think about it, I, I can only say thank you. So that's going to do it for this week's episode. If you feel like supporting and you feel like my content is worth it, $2, $5, which is like a cup of coffee a month, $10, $25, the $100 platinum level, patreon.com slash Brian Tong is the way to do it. And also remember, call in, be a part of the show, applebitshow at gmail.com. Record your voice memo, put it through. We will start bringing back the calls in the show after this whole holiday break season. We're coming back bigger, stronger, badder 2021. And I wish you all the well this coming year. So thanks so much for listening and we will see you soon. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace. Peace.